0: Okay, I want to speak about unity today, you know, and I want to speak about unity in a broader context of what it was. December, November, December, and January, Shantan and myself were, were really blessed to be able to spend two months with our kids. You know, thank goodness the lockdown as well, it was fantastic. But both of my kids left over they were 18, and they 25, and 20, 25, and 30 this year. So it's been almost a, a five-year haul of not having... Our kids around that, which I tell myself, obviously loved, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but now all of a sudden, I was just proud of the I'll we full of family. But I remember in December just sitting back one night and, and just watching the family having a Brian. You know, Eli running around and he's diving in the pool and he's doing his thing. And, you know, Don and Jess are relaxing and Josh and Chloe are just sitting there. And I sat back for a minute in this moment and just, I just took in what was happening around me. And the absolute joy of a father's heart to see his family gathered together, and not just that, but absolutely in unison. No arguing, no bickering. They were just laughing. They were just putting each other apart. It was this incredible moment that I thought, wow, is this what life's all about? Is this what life's all about? And and in that moment, church, I, I sat back and I thought, how awesome it must be for God to have that moment in time where he sits back and he looks at us as a family and we are just together. We're not just together, but we are like minded that we yet to glorify God and bring honor and praise. We know that David writes the most incredible psalm and I'm going to read it to you. It's Psalm One Thirty Three, and We all know the scripture. But he carries on and I'm going to read out the, out the New King James Version and he says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. He said, it is like precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It is like dew of heaven descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commands a blessing and life forever. <coughs> the Message the, 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 the Bible says this, how wonderful and how beautiful we brethren and sisters get along. It is like costly oil flowing down the head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robe. It is like the Jew on Mount Hermon, flowing down the slopes of Zion. Yes, that is where God commands the blessing and ordains eternal life. It's an incredible scripture because I, I, I read the scripture, I know the scripture so well, but when I started to study the scripture, I wanted to know what <coughs> made David write this thing. Who knows what I'm talking about? I mean Psalm 133. It's not even like Psalm 1 or 2. This is like close to the end right now. And what made David have this moment where he wanted to write this poem where he spoke about how good and how pleasing it is when brethren, when when sisters and brothers get along, when they fellowship in unity. And and we didn't have a, I didn't get a decisive answer to it. But at the time, if you look at the religious scholars, the people that studied, (laughs) there were two incidences that happened so close to each other that might have made David write the song. The first was that David eventually became king of the 12 tribes of Israel. You've got to understand that Saul ruled 10 out of the 12 tribes, and David ruled (laughs) 2 out of the 12 tribes. Right about that time, Saul was murdered, Saul died, and what happened was that the other 10 tribes then approached David and said to David, we want to be part under your leadership. And all of a sudden, David's two tribes became 12 tribes, the complete tribe of Judah. And so David then would say how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell in unity. But there's a second part that runs so closely because a few uh, days after that, David is the man that goes and fetches the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines. And we all know the story. He brings it and the oxen stumbled and, and Uzzah is struck down. And so he puts it on the stoop um, of a of, of guy and he comes back. And as he's entering the, the city of Jerusalem, remember his wife has said to him, You know, um, David undressed and stripped before God and danced. And his wife said, what kind of guy are you? And he said that I will even become more undignified than this if it's for my God. And so there were two situations. One, where he had bound or brought together the 12 tribes of Judah. But in another sense, he had brought the presence of God back into the top of the city, the capital city. Both of them were so important to me. Because I think one is important that we fellowship all the time. But the second thing is that we fellowship in unity with the Holy Spirit of God. You see, the Word of God said it's not for power, not for my for power, but it's by my Spirit, says to God. And today separate or celebrates these two issues. I often feel that, that we misrepresent the church completely. And I know I was to clip the other day where I was saying, you know, that there's no other religion in the world that is divided as the Christian faith. That we have 475 different denominations, we have 93 million different churches, you know, we have all these different pastors and different belief systems and different theologies. But I think we misrepresent the church in a way, in a few ways. One, we're never going to get to unity when we represent the church as a perfect body. Now you've got to understand something, you're not going to find a perfect church. Oh my goodness, you're this, year, this year. Yeah. Yes, 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 the lion's lost. Yes, the sharks beat Province. Thank you. Now we... All the Western Province guys are so impressed. Don't worry guys, we'll get through it. Now, Carrie says, Carrie Cup isn't won in January. Alright. But there's the importance of how we represent the church. Because we can represent the church in such a way that everyone has to be perfect when they come in here. I know for a fact I felt like that. I felt that I could not come back to church because of the sin in my life. I felt I could not come into the church because of the things that I was dealing with and especially dealing with the things of the past in my life. And I would say, God, but how can you forgive me? How can you, you know, allow me to come to the church? And the problem is it wasn't God that was keeping me out. It was the very people around me that needed me need to be a 10 out of 10 Christian. Yeah. And nowhere in the word of God doesn't say that we need to be a 10 out of 10 Christian. We don't represent the church as a broken place, a place where the hurting come, a place where the addicts come, where the prostitutes can be comfortable, where those who are struggling things are up. This should be the house of bread, the house that is brought into the house. And so we represent it in such a way that it's almost impossible for the lost to come into this church because why? There's a criteria. And you know, and there's a certain way of doing stuff. And we need to believe a certain thing and and do a certain thing. I'm I'm one that is definitely not concerned with having 500 different denominations. You know, different strokes for different folks. I, I really believe that it's not a bad thing. I agree. I believe there are some people that would still love to do hymns and in the sermon, and that is fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. I believe there are people that like louder music than we do, and that's fantastic. There's other churches that cater for young people. There's churches that cater for old people. There's churches that cater for awesome people like us. Okay. <laughs> but it's important to understand that, that just because different denominations and different crosses preach different words, it doesn't divide us and it should not divide us, whether we're a Methodist or Anglican or Independent or Presbyterian, the common goal should be that it's still the house of God. It is still the Church of Jesus Christ and we miss this. We miss this because somewhere along the line, we think we have got to choose sides. Somewhere along the line, we think one is right and one is wrong. Now you've got to understand something, that every person that does anything, whether it's a golfer, or a cricketer, or a businessman, we all do life differently. We all believe in different stuff, we all shop at different rugby teams, we all believe um, and shop at different places, and it's the, the diversity in us that brings us together and don't separate us. Now we've allowed diversity in the church to separate us. We've diversity because we want this kind of people and we want these kind of leaders to come to the church and we want, you know, men and women to come in and we look for married couples and we don't understand that how we represent the body of Christ determines what the inside of the building looks like. Yes. And you know, we have a real challenge ahead of us because I believe that we are in the most difficult time in church life. I said to my leadership on, on Tuesday night when we met, and I said, and, and everyone was speaking about this third wave, third wave, third wave, you know, we just bind it and we rebuke it and, you know, just, it's not coming our way. But I actually said to my leadership Tuesday night, I said, I don't know if the church could survive another wave. I don't know if the church could survive another wave. That even in my own life, I found myself becoming extremely comfortable sitting at home and watching TV. I found myself extremely comfortable not going out anymore. And almost like, I said Shintana the other day, we become hermits. You know, we just, we sit around at home and, you know, even if you go to checkers, it's a big thing. It's like a it's like a day trip, you know what I mean? What time are we going? How long are we going to be there? What are we wearing? put your mask on? This is how bad it's become, because we've become so withdrawn into our own little bubble right now, and it's the very thing that Satan wants for us. He wants the church to be withdrawn. He wants the church to be quiet. Now, are we going to always agree on stuff? Absolutely not. There's no way that any of us can agree on something. And I always joke with tell myself and say, the only thing we have in common is this, that we love each other, we love Jesus, and we love our kids. That's all. There is nothing else that we have in common, nothing. Every now and again, we do it, and we wear the same clothes, but I don't know how that works. But you know, it's a fact that our our differences complement us. And so if you're looking for like-minded people to join your church, you're choosing the wrong people. Because you should be choosing such a diverse group of people that we can reach the nations with the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, unity, the the, the actual interpretation of unity says this. It is being together or at one with someone or something. It is the opposite to being divided. This is a word of togetherness and oneness. So he speaks about being together in one. You know, as believers, I think we've got to get this right and understand something, that you don't join it. When you join the church, you should never change who you are. We changed how we did stuff. We changed the life that we lived before. But Kurt Sutton should never change who he is simply because he joins the church. You see, we have the right to think, and to act on our own. The minute that you join a church that makes you think a certain way, or act a certain way, or change who you are, or change your character, you're in a cult. Because that's what dictatorship does. Dictatorship tells you to dress a certain way. Dictatorship tells you to behave a certain way. Dictatorship tells you to do things a certain way, to believe a certain way, to pray a certain way, to walk a certain way, to study the word of God a certain way, and why? It comes from one person. Now you to understand something. That this church is never led by a steering team or by me as a pastor. This church has to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Or otherwise we are just doing what God has called us. Just to play church. And we've never been called to play church. There are fundamentals that you and I have to understand. And I want going to turn it to John 17 this morning. And I want to read John 17 to you. Where Jesus explains what he believes Unity is, let me just find it for you. I've got the big Bible out this morning. (laughs) Are you all here already or is nobody got a (laughs) Bible? What's going on here? Indra? what's going on here? Alright, John 17 says this. I'm going to read verse 21. And verse 21 to 26. (laughs) <laughs> Alright. So John 17, verse 21, says this. Let me just make sure I've got the right here. Verse 21, okay. So Jesus makes a statement and he says, I do not pray for them alone, but also for those who will believe in me through the word. Now Jesus says a simple thing. He says, I'm also concerned, not only with the believers, that's what he's saying, I'm not just concerned with the church, I'm also praying concerned for those that will eventually come and still believe in me, and he carries on and he says this, they will, I'm sorry, will believe in me through the word, that they may all be one as you father, are in me, I am in you, that they, they may also be one in us. That this the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you have given me, I have given them. Listen to that. That they may be one just as we are one. And I am in them, and you are in me. That they may be made perfect, that the world may know that you have sent me because you have loved them as you have loved me. We read that scripture so many times, and how many of us really listen to that scripture? The Word of God says very clearly, it says there's going to come a time, and there's going to come such a love and such an outpouring on all these people that the world will not doubt that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died, that He rose again for our sins, and the world is going to see this in us when we become in unison with God. No. Now now we've got to get this thing right because I think so often we think, you know what, things are a little bit weird or things are a little bit different in some churches, but I've got to say this to you quickly and I want you to turn to John 13 and I'm going to read there as well. John 13 verse 34. But we've got to understand what oneness means. Oneness simply means a very few things. That as believers, that as the church of Jesus Christ, you and I have got to come to a place of understanding what oneness is What does it mean to be in unity in this church? Does not mean we all believe the same thing? Do we believe we all say the same thing, preach the same thing, read the same thing? Not at all. There's a few fundamental core quintessential things that you and I need to understand that brings unity within the church. One, that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. One, whether we like it or not. Two, we've got to believe that he was crucified, that he died on the cross of Calvary, that he rose again and removing our sins from us as far as east is from the west. Amen. Amen. We believe that he left us with the Holy Spirit, we just read that in scripture, that he left us with the Holy Spirit to empower us to complete the work that he had started in our lives. We've got to agree upon that, alright? We have to operate under the power of the Holy Spirit at all times. And number four, you've got to be committed to the vision of the local church. Now you must say to me, what is the vision of the local church? Our vision for the local church was simple when we started. It was this, to know God and to make Him known. That was it, to to know God and to make Him known. And as we went along, we made these three things in this church that we said are are, are core values in a sense to us, not even just core values, but we said this, we want to see the lost come to Christ, we want to see those in Christ, the believers, grow, and we want to see our communities change around us. You see, if you believe in those things, then you belong here. That if you can see these things work in your life, you belong here. You see, the Word of God says a very simple thing when it comes to, is it, is it where we are in Matthew, John 13, that right? John 13, verse 34, says that. Nobody hit you, It's such a small handwriting here. Who gave me, a small handwriting, in the Bible? listen to this, he says this and you command I give you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another by this shall all men know that you are my disciples that's crazy <clears throat> who knows that it's not always easy to love someone we like them or do we like them? we love them but we don't like them which one is it? But it goes to times where we're not walking and sit around the same fire. When it comes to a place where you're not walking and agree with 100% on something. But I must say this one thing to you, and I want to say this to you, into your personal life, I want to speak into your marriage, I want to speak into your church life, I want to speak into your friendship and everything. The Word of God says a very simple thing. He says this, a house divided will fall against itself. That a house divided will fall. And we've got to understand something, that either we commit to the things of God, or we don't. Now listen to me carefully, and I'm not being harsh, but you notice that I believe that God has assembled the most powerful army in the world right now. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that when God says that the end times are near, that, that many, many will fall from their faith and follow false teachings and doctrines. We see that happen all over the world. All over the world. There's the craze of doctrines that are coming out there right now. And people are gravitating towards his doctrines. Why? Because it sounds good. Yeah. It sounds good. It sounds comfortable. But does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with what God is saying at the end of the day? Are we following a man? Or are we following the teachings of Jesus Christ? They're important. Because let me tell you something. that Even if you divide it in your own home, the word of God says that you will fall. That even if you divide it in your business, the word of God says that you will for. And we're going to look at that, how much unity is there in our lives right now. How much unity is in my marriage? How much unity is my relationship? How much unity is in my family? How much unity is in my workplace? How much unity is in my life through? Whatever it might be. How much unity? How much oneness is there? And listen to me. When Jesus speaks about being oneness, He says that the, the only, the only, what is it? The only, what's the right word? The only, the right answer to whether you unity or not is this. That everyone around you sees Christ in you, the hope of glory. And may know that you are in me as I am in you, Father. That we are in oneness. That's it. And I know this is a little bit of a hard message this morning. But it's really something we need to grab a hold of. Because the word of God says in the end times many will be tossed to and fro by every doctrine that is out there. The word actually says that the very elite will be deceived in the end times. And that's a real thing, because I think somewhere along the line, many of us in the church are looking for a comfortable Christianity. (coughs) We just want to open our Bible on a Monday and just read two verses and pray on a Thursday or when we're in trouble, attend church once a month kind of a thing. And we don't understand that true unity and true oneness come when you and I dwell together with a common goal and a common purpose and a common vision. And the word says, the body without vision will perish. Now I'm gonna ask you this morning, how many of you have really got a vision for your life? How many of you have got a vision for what you wanna do in this church? And these are important stuff, because otherwise if you haven't got a vision for what you wanna do in this church, you know what happens? You're simply gonna be somebody that just attends church. And in a sense, instead of being part of what is happening, you become a consumer. That you just come here for a little McDonald's meal, you know, on a Sunday, i will preach a couple of things, I will feel good about myself, I feel terrible about myself, I leave this place, and nothing changes. That when we speak about oneness, the most important oneness is that you and God are in complete agreement about your life. Complete agreement about your life. You see, we miss this kind of stuff because so often we get so caught up in church life or we get so caught up in stuff that we miss what God is saying. Matthew 13 or Matthew 12, sorry, Matthew 12 or 24 says this, it says this, now when the Pharisees heard this, where are we on the right one? eh? 12, 12, 24. He says, now when the Pharisees heard this, the fellows does not cast out demons except by bars the rule of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. We're in a place in history right now where I think personally that God wants to do the most incredible stuff in your life. I really do. I believe we're in the season right now. we slowly but surely, and listen to me, The church is starting to come back together again. And we went through a season where we thought that the church was falling apart, and then we started to realize that the church was almost falling into place. And your faithfulness and your commitment Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday Sunday, Through COVID, through lockdown, through 50 people, through 70 people, through 100, 200, back to 50, back to 75, back to 50. And we're still here. And we're still here. And I want to say this to you, and I want to commend you guys, because I've seen such incredible growth in every single person in this room. I've seen such incredible growth in this church. And I'm not speaking about numbers you know something? There's nothing that moves a pastor's heart more than anything. That when I see people coming to this church that are so hungry for the presence of God, that nothing can stop them. I walked in here on Tuesday night and we had an elders meeting. I walked in here and there was a whole group of you guys just praying. I don't even know where they came from. There's just this whole pile of people messing up my chairs and praying. And then they stopped prophesying. Look at these guys over each other's lives. But it's a real thing. There's this urgency for prayer. There's this urgency for understanding the Word of God. There's this urgency to fellowship one to another. And you might think, oh, you know what, Kurt, you know what, uh, this message may be not for me, or, you know, I'll see you next week. Let me tell you something. I believe that every single time you hear the Word of God, every single time you step into this church building, God is chipping away at something in your life. There's a real time of refreshing coming. There's a real time of refreshing coming. I said it this morning. Be very wary, you know, because it's the God of the suddenly. I've seen marriages being restored like you cannot believe, and on the other end, I've seen marriages fall to pieces like you cannot believe. I've seen people blessed financially out of their socks, and I've seen others struggle terribly. And I always try and balance to God. How does this work? What is God saying in this season? And I need to say that to you because you need to discover. The season that you're in right now. You know, not every season we have is H-A-P-Y. Do you know that God allows us to go through the dips? That God allows us sometimes to walk through the valley of the shadow of death? There's other times we go on the mountain top and we praise God and hallelujah. And we wake up the next day and we don't even read our Bible. You know, God, why have you answered my prayer? Why haven't you answered my prayer? What is happening? Why haven't you fixed anything? And we don't understand that He's the God. The Word of God says, He will complete the good work that He has started in your life. You know what our problem is? We're impatient people. Because we want God to fix everything now. It took us 15 years to destroy our marriage. But He's going to fix it in 15 minutes. We've maxed out our credit cards over the last 10 years. But God, we need a miracle now in my finances. And we don't understand something. Because if there's one word that I want to say to you this morning that brings about unity and it's discipline. When you and I are committed to the word of God, when you and I are committed to free life, when you and I are committed to attending church, when you are committed to the ministry, when you are committed to this church, you know what God commands eh? And I need to say to you, it's time for you to start to walk in the blessings of God. It's time to push aside the nonsense that you've dealt with for so many years. It's time to pick up the phone and phone your sister or your brother or your mother, get over yourself and fix things up. Yeah, that's awesome. Fix it up. Because let me tell you something, if we can't get family working, how the hell are we going to get church working? Yes. <laughs> If we cannot sort out our neighbor next to us, how do we make this work? And that's what unity is about, that we want peace and we want joy and we want happiness and we want the fullness of God and the love and the grace and the mercy of God to flood our lives. We want to live in the blessings of God. And if we need to do what we need to do, let's do it. Let's do what needs to be done. Because if you're not happy here, then I will release you with a blessing, I will give you a cupcake, I love you, you're always welcome back, but you know something, if you're here and you're causing division, I would rather have you leave. You know why? Because your division, there's a spillover consequence on everyone else sitting here. Listen to me. I've said this before and I'll say this again. I would rather go church with 100 committed people than have 10,000 people that attend the service. I need, I want, my prayer is for you. That you start to walk in the blessings of God. That you start to come in unity with who God is in your life. That you discover who you are and the calling of God upon your life. I don't want you to be a mini me. I don't want you to preach like me. I don't want you to read the word like me. I don't want you to to do anything. I want you to be you. When I got married, in closing, I married a good Catholic girl. Not I find you the Catholics? is what one am saying to you. Don't judge me so quickly. But I married a good Catholic girl. That, that, that was even in the Covenant. Not a covenant, a covenant. 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 Convents. Convents. That's the word. Convents. So the Covenant with you now? The Covenant with you now. So, when we decided that we really needed Jesus in our life, I decided to take him to my uncle's church. We know. It is a Pentecostal church. I mean, Chantal's so first thought when she walked in was so we have statues. Why is it? Why did not you us water at the door yet? You know? And it was a big thing for her. It was a massive thing for her to come from a quiet, conservative church. So all of a sudden there's a bunch of happy cabbies dancing around with shoes on the stage and you know? It was a culture shock for her. It really was. But you know something? I, I spent so much of my time trying to make tell and, and let her be the perfect Christian. And and I needed to, to act a certain way. And i was this is a confessional right now, you know, But it was. I needed her to dress a certain way because this is our pastor's wife's dress. You know what I'm talking about? You know, she needs to be more spiritual. Damn it, you know. You know, quote some scripture during prayer meeting. Say something, you know. Just <laughs> preach every now and again. Do what needs to be done. And I found that the more I pushed her into who I believe she needed to be, the more I took her away from who God had called her to be. And I had to come to that place and realize that she has purple hair every now and again. She's got holes in her jeans. You know, the, her hair's always a mess. She hasn't brushed it for years. <laughs> but you know something? She became the woman that God wanted her to be. Why? Because her and I came into unity. We came into agreement that Kurt is going to be Kurt. Chantal is going to be Chantal. And our agreement is this but we love Jesus and she might be doing it differently to me and I might be doing it differently to her but the most important thing was that when we sat down there was overwhelming joy in our hearts that we were happy with our Lord and Saviour and we were happy with each other and I want to say to you it's time that you discover who you are it's time to discover the calling of God upon your life it's important to understand what is unity in your own life, in your own family, and in your church life, and in work, whatever it might be. Because I believe that God wants to pour out a, a rich anointing upon your life today. But you have to become, and you have to be in oneness. And oneness means that today it starts with you and him. It doesn't start with church. It doesn't start with worship. It doesn't start with the missus. It starts with Him. Amen. Let me tell you something. When you come into unity with Him and you understand who God is and the calling He has upon your life and the purpose that He has for you and where He wants to plant you, in which part of the vineyard where you're going to grow and where you're going to become all that you're supposed to be and where the cold is going to be reunited again. When you discover those things, I promise you as your pastor, your life will change. Listen to me. Your life will change. Can we stand? And I want us just to. Just for a moment. Close your eyes this morning. And Father I want to thank you for this morning. I thank you for the calling that you've had in every person's life. And I know this morning is, has always been a reset for me. Father, you've had the most incredible service in the last few weeks and the most incredible outpouring of the Spirit in this building and we've seen so many signs of wonders and miracles and we've seen so many people come to Jesus that we're excited. But sometimes we just need to push the pause button and just to make sure that we're all going in the same direction. And this morning as a church, Father, we want to confess that we love you with all of our heart and we love each other. The word says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciple, the love that you have one for another. Father, never let denominations, never let color, never let gender, never let anything separate us from the calling of God upon our lives. And I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would come. And, and I want to say this to your church before we leave. And I know you've got booty rolls outside, you can go by and don't forget your forms of falling in it. Dropped into the basket in the front there. But I don't want you to leave until I've prayed for you guys. There's a lot of you that do some stuff. You know, just them. I'm going to pray for you guys before you run it as well, okay? But there's a lot of guys that are going you some stuff. There's a lot of you that walked away from God many years ago. And all of a sudden, there's a desire to come back. There's this burning inside you for more of you. If that is you, I want to pray for you. If you're not living in the blessings of God right now, you feel your life is falling to pieces. Don't leave. We've got the sisters here. We've got elders here that are to pray with you. We want to recommit you. We want to cover you in the blood of Jesus. We want to lead you to the knowledge of Jesus. It doesn't matter what it is you're going through. Nothing is impossible for God. Amen.